0: PK it's 97.5 at 1280 the zone. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, joining us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain's given free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit smartrain.net or call 877 346 3333. Dylan, good morning. Morning, South. How are we doing? Good. The L.A. Memorial Coliseum does it still hold a little allure? I know the team that plays in it is four and six, eh, going through a coaching change. But is there something about going to the Coliseum that's going to have all the BYU players pumped up, especially the California kids, especially the Southern California kids?
1: Yeah, I, I still I still think it has a, a little piece of, you know, uh, a little piece of tradition. I don't think I don't think it has what. The Rose Bowl has, you know, play even even being able to play there, but it still uh, it still should be fun for everybody.
2: Yeah, the way I look at it, Dylan, you got a chance to go two things beyond that that ought to get you jacked up. You got five and zero against the conference, which is way fun, and then you got yeah. ten wins, and obviously ten is better than nine. I mean, so to go ten and two, uh, you you. Totally backed up what you did last year. So as I look at this thing, to me, and the Coliseum is nice and all, and SC is the brand name. We yeah. get that, but I don't think it's going to be a big time atmosphere. It's going to be again probably a ton of BYU fans there. But I think the way I look at it is five and zero and ten and two.
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I don't think that there is a, a better close the season that you could have the opportunity to have um, and really set yourself up for. You know uh, the bowl game, and and more importantly, depending on what happens this off season, I think uh, going into next season, you're, you're you're running with a lot of momentum.
0: You say, depending on what happens in the off season, you're referring, of course, to make sure Kalani gets paid, the assistants get paid, and everything is moving forward, getting ready for the Big Twelve.
1: Yep, one hundred percent.
0: You're sweating that a little bit, aren't you? Ah.
2: Uh... Maybe a little maybe a little perspiration even in the thirty five degree weather <laughs> i you know I personally i don't understand it uh you've been in the program, your family's been in the program for years and years, uh and you know you serve missions, so you you can walk to walk because uh you can talk to talk because you did walk to walk. Uh, And they talk about this program at BYU Sports being a missionary program. And, you know, I've heard stories, so I buy it. Uh, And it's important. And and it's such a high-profile situation here. And here you got somebody in Satake, a minority guy, no less, uh, for a church that's viewed as primarily white. And why not invest? It's not like you don't have the money. And it's not just about – I'm not just talking about giving him gobs of money. I'm talking about doing what – what needs to be done because i had somebody tell me that hey we're concerned about making the transition to the big 12 is going to be tough enough but if we're going to be underfunded it's going to be that much harder so mm-hmm. why not fund it the way it should be funded because i think guys like you media guys like me and more importantly joe fan or joe booster fan that's what they want
1: yeah A- absolutely and i and i to be honest with you uh I do genuinely believe that that is what is going to happen. I don't think that there would have been a clear invitation to the Big 12, even at this time, unless there were some situations that were maybe promised or if this is even possible, some contractual agreements that basically say, hey, this is what we're bringing to the table, right? We're going to make sure that we are funded. We are going to make sure that we are bringing, you know, our, our piece of the pie to the conference so that you're ensuring that you don't end up like, you know, what could be, and and I'm not saying this will happen by any means, and I'm not saying that this is even close, but the last thing that you ever want to be to a conference, you don't want to be the Vanderbilt of a conference, right? You don't want to be the one that is so far off in what you're providing your football team and what you're providing the conference that you're almost a hindrance, right? And so, as I say, yeah, I am sweating, and as there is a little perspiration, a little worry. That's more so probably because I'm a very much a hope for the best, expect the worst type of person. Um, and so, you know, I fully believe in Tom. I fully believe in the athletic administration. I fully believe that Kalani wants to be there. I know that the support staff wants to be there. Um, but I also understand that, you know, this is a, a this is life, and and things happen, and so. Would I be completely surprised? No, but I do know that you know, Tom and Tom and the team are, are doing, you know, quite possibly everything that they can to make sure everyone is in place. And those situations are rolling through instead of having us kind of like you're saying, hey, why wouldn't you make sure everyone is is taken care of going into this transition?
0: So I guess, well, I don't think anyone has any doubt that Tom knows what needs to be done and wants what needs to be done. But there are multiple layers of bureaucracy and administration to go through, multiple people to sign off on stuff. And anybody who's ever worked in a place with multiple levels of bureaucracy, and PK and I both know this because we've been in other places where it works like this. You know, there's an official way things work, and then there's an unofficial, and other people mm-hmm. get to, you know, stick their thumb in the pie before it goes to the Thanksgiving Day table. Yeah. And so there's just this nagging fear that it's going to drag on, and college football as an industry moves at a freakishly quick pace. In other industries, Dan Mullen doesn't get fired. In other industries, Clay Helton's gone a year before, not week two. Clay's already got another job. This industry moves at a bizarro pace. Is BYU going to get caught off guard because it doesn't move at that pace?
1: I think it could. I think if there is if there is a susceptible program that could get caught at that pace, absolutely. I think what they've done in the last two years, the way that they have moved, um. I think they're in a perfect position to move at the pace that is needed to be successful, um, but you are looking at a program that very well could be caught in that kind of whirlwind, right? That They, they could get slowed down. Uh, I think what they've done in the last two years, and you look at the little things, you look at what they've done for recruiting, you look at some of the immediate changes that took place even prior to you know, offense coordinator changes and things like that uh, in, in, you know, adjusting what needed to be done in in regards to coaching. You look at what needed to be done in regards of, you know, the locker room for recruiting. You look at, you know, what uh, Billy Nixon, who is the player experience and and equipment manager down at BYU, you look at what he's been able to head up and change, um, you know, to help kind of elevate this new experience at BYU. I think everybody is right where they need to be, especially with the help of the basketball and the other programs, right? They're seeing what happens and the success and the notoriety and being kind of that light on the Hill that comes when you're investing and in putting that money into the football program and the basketball program and the sports programs and doing it at an accelerated uh, rate, you know, probably faster than it has been done in the past. And so normally, yes, that is a worry. That will always be a worry. But from what we've seen the last couple of years I think we're in good shape.
2: Yeah. I sort of believe what you think too, that they're not gonna come this far, and I think somebody has said this, come this far just to come this far. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a funny line, but it's a good line.
2: That you've come this far and you've made, you know, just a few years ago, you had the seven and six stuff and four and nine, and things were looking bleak. Well, and we're, we're two years removed from that, but now everything is just looking up, man. So you've come, mm-hmm. you've made major strides here. And, and you, we've seen it in recruiting with kids decommitting from other places or transferring in that were four and five stars and want to be a part of the BYU situation. So basically, man, don't blow it now. And I, I'm, on, I'm on board with you. I don't necessarily have any proof, but I feel like log, maybe it's just logic that's overriding my thought process to think that they are not going to let this thing get away. Yeah.
1: No, I, I 100% agree.
0: Except that a lot of other schools, the coach and the coaching staff, would already have the deals and they'd already be announced
1: which is
0: very, very true. Yeah, but I
2: I mean, they still have time. They do. It's it's not like they're up against it right now. And, yeah. and how do we know they don't have a plan and they're just waiting uh, to do what they need to do to go forward here and at their appropriate time? I mean, at the same time, it's a business, uh, so... If you don't have to give somebody more money, why would you give them more money? You know, <laughs> right. you know because it's not like that—that uh, that we
0: know of anyway. That there's been some offer made, or this or that too, but because you irritate them and then they just leave. When it's time to give money, by then they've already made up their mind. Something to be said for that.
1: And I think I think that depends on like the the personality that you're working with. So Absolutely,
0: do, right? totally agree.
1: And and genuinely, I don't think Kalani's that guy. Uh, I think if, if I think Kalani, if let's say, let's say worst case scenario, there hasn't even been, you know, like there hasn't even been conversation about it. Right. Uh, I think Kalani would still is, is genuinely a guy that's saying, Hey, let's talk about this in a couple of weeks. Right. Let's talk about this after USC and before the bowl game. Yeah. You know, and to me, that might be like an accelerated rate for him. Um, you know, and that's it, no conversations that taking place already. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, in between that time, they came to an agreement. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, maybe even after the bull game, right? They came to an agreement, and and that being, hey, let me not necessarily let me go look at what other options are, but let's uh, let me go see what else is out there in regards to what other people are offering me and seeing my value. Right. What do they think I'm worth? Then I'm going to come back and say, okay, understanding the situation, understanding the program, here's what I feel. Here's what I've been offered by other people, and here's what I feel, you know, uh, this is what it's going to be for me to say. And I want to say, so I really need you to hit this number. And I really need you to hit this number for my assistant, and I really need you to hit this number for my space staff.
2: That's what I was going to ask you about the assistance here. It's almost like we're resigned to the fact if these assistants get another job offer, they're gone. And I wanted you to speak to the importance of an assistant coaching staff, uh, particularly in football, where they have so much more authority and responsibility is probably a better word uh, than they would do in other sports as assistant coaches. So it seems to me, you know, they've developed a staff here and they need to do what they need to do to keep it rather than, oh, well, you got a higher-paying offer at school, fill in the blank, thanks, see you, bye.
1: Yeah. I think when you look at the position coaches, right, if you look at someone who is a current position coach in a football program, unless it is in, you know, an SEC school where, they've already, chances are, have already had an experience in which they've been an offensive coordinator, they've been a head coach somewhere else, right? But, if you look at the staff now, we still have a very, very young position coaching staff that have goals, right? Ultimately, you're being an assistant coach because you want to be a head coach. and You're not going to get hired from being a defensive backs coach or a receivers coach. No one's just going to pick you up and say, okay, congratulations, you're the your new head coach. Right? I think... You have to look at, you know, that conversation is completely different than the conversation that the offensive and defensive coordinators are having because they're the ones that are saying, hey, I'm already an OC. I'm already calling the shots. I can already go in and make, you know, $700,000 to to over a mil uh, as an offensive coordinator, and I'd love to be a head coach, but right now this is the situation I want to be in. Whereas the position coaches may say, hey, I can go and make, you know, $400,000 $400,000 as a head coach at an FCS school, i.e. Betsy Sutaki, who I believe, right, already has the experience as an offensive coordinator, already plays a huge role as uh, in the play calling at BYU. I think if he wanted to and go put his name out for either, you know, offensive coordinator jobs at G5 or even head coaching and offensive coordinator jobs in the FCS. He's a considerable, considerable name for those options. And so, you know, as much as he loves Kalani, as much as he loves the program and loves what he's able to do, uh, he's, you know, he's a, he's a pretty damn good football coach and could, could be considered heavily for those options. And I think that'd be something that he'd want to, to look into.
0: So you have any reservations about the game at USC and uh, the way USC has lost uh, four of the last five, what BYU should be able to do, the way they ought to be able to, to move the ball? Because the SC offense will score some points. I think they've proven that yeah. even in losses.
1: Yeah. I think as, as long as the my only reservation is I this is a tough, tough reservation because you kind of hold them to such a high standard, but it goes back to the offensive line. It goes back to Tyler Algier. I think the way that they're going to play, uh, they're going to stack the box, right? They're going to go man-to-man on the outside because generally they don't think that BYU has the athletes to play the game, and so they're going to go one-on-one all day long. And uh, I think if, if we do overpower that box and they're able to average four or five yards to carry – uh, it is going to absolutely open up the pass game uh, for for a huge, huge day, and so I think as long as we take advantage of that, it should be a it should be a good day. And I hope I genuinely do. And I love our defense. I love the defensive players, but uh, I I am a I'm a big Jackson Dart fan, and I would love for Jackson to come in and you know have a phenomenal game against BYU. Not that he. Not that BYU, you know, did anything to him or he needed to prove everything anything, but uh it is fun to be able to go and, and put it on a team that, you know, you're close to and have connections to.
0: Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, joining us right here. Dylan, have a good week. Happy Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you again after the Cougars win their tenth game. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, joining us every week. So you called it twenty wins, three losses. Yeah, I got to pick BYU this week. You got to pick BYU too, don't you? I was just telling you earlier this week. I can't believe the spread's only seven. I'm not going to turn around and pick USC now. I didn't think it was that unusual of a spread. Yeah, I thought it'd be ten or fourteen. Seems high. Well, if you can't factor in that most sportsbooks will give a home team three points, there is that, and spread. then also I've, I've so BYU gets three. Ah, oh, nice, nice, nice! Well, nice. well <laughs> done, well done. Yes, <laughs> good job. Every game's a home game. We I, I am, I am intrigued. I don't want to get caught up in all the attendance smack that goes on and on and on and on and on and on. But I got to admit, I am intrigued. I want to see how much. Yeah, are there. they really going to put 30,000 people in the Coliseum, Cougarville? You're talking about, yeah. or, or just overall? Oh no, I'm talking BYU fans. BYU fans. fans Twenty-five in the to thirty seems high. It does, but there's a lot of. It's it's a holiday weekend. So it makes it could work easier. against you though. It could, but it could also make it easier to get there. Even after you do your Thanksgiving in Utah, you can travel down there on Friday, go down. You always talk about uh, going to Newport and running into people in BYU hats and shirts and everything, and still have your three day weekend down in LA. And there's just so many fans down there, and they're having such a great season. And SC fans have probably flooded the secondary market with cheap tickets because they're not going to games. I mean that's been clear for a few weeks no, now.
2: Plus the stadium is massive, so right. tickets are cheap.
0: Yeah, uh, t- I, did, I just think it all adds up to this could be
2: <laughs> this could be a big turnout for BYU. Yeah, every time uh, the the stadium is rarely sold out
0: because it's so huge. They've downsized it twice and it's still huge. Yeah, it is. It is. It is.
2: I, uh, Tim Tesalon has been the sports information there for forty years. He's he's retiring. Uh, I'd always he'd always ask me how many tickets do you want. Oh BYU Utah play there uh, because you know he knew me. I he knew you there from there. the Daily Breeze yeah, and they and, have and, tickets and, and I would bring my wife or yeah. Gordon's wife and we'd get we'd get tickets uh, so they never had any problem there so yeah if they want to go they certainly can go
0: and it won't be that expensive but twenty five to thirty seems high it does that would be uh, that would be a massive number. Having having gone to BYU San Diego State games for years, ten thousand, I wouldn't even bat an eye. Oh, but
2: yeah, you folks have multiplied massively since then. Nice, you you've folks been there.
0: very very fruitful. <laughs> you've kept the commandments. People who used to uh, live uh, near your old stomping grounds, so say a lot of people have moved up here. You know, we got three million people here, not one million, for a reason.
2: Oh, the Mormons that have moved up here. Uh-huh. Oh, they're freaking like ants at a picnic, man. <laughs> Jeez, they're all over the place.
0: Hundreds of them, thousands of them for sure, yeah. Be a lot of Cougar fans, I'll be intrigued to see how many. Well, I I, I would love to see that yeah. many, yeah. I
2: just think that with SC's offense, you, get a, you, you lose the ball a time or two. I mean, we saw it against Boise. Uh-huh. I mean, the number one reason why they lost that ball game was turnovers. Yep. And, and SC's offense is certainly capable of putting 35 on you. And if you bleep away three or four possessions... You give their offense a couple of short fields and a little momentum. And you take away your opportunity to yep. score.
0: So uh, we- if I'm a Cougar fan, I have a, a fair amount of concern about this game. Texans and Titans just reminded us if you lose the turnover battle by five, you can lose to anybody. Worst team in the AFC just beat the best team in the AFC, and it was five turnovers that did it. So that is always out there. But having said that, USC's lost four of the last five games. They're right for the picking. Yeah, I know, but now they're talking about, hey, we got to win these last two to be bowl eligible. Yeah, you say that, but do they really want to be bowl eligible and practice some more? And It seems like this season is over and they're ready to move on. If they hadn't lost four out of five, they'd be bowl eligible.
2: Well, if they hadn't lost seven games, they'll be bowl eligible. I mean, I I understand what the uh, the numbers are there. Thank you for uh, you know straightening that out. But I, I think this is a dangerous game because at the same time, what do they got to lose? They're playing a nationally ranked team. They're the underdog. We're SC. Jackson Dard didn't want to go to BYU, and he went to SC because it's SC. And now he's the underdog against those guys? Yep. And you got a local kid who was recruited by them. They did, in fact, recruit him. And does he want to lose to these dudes? No. No,
0: I hope you're right, man. I, I want to see them get 10 wins. Last team they held under 30 points was Colorado back on October 2nd. Since then, that defense has been a wreck, and that includes Arizona scoring 34 points on them. Which says a lot. It does. It says that BYU is going to score a lot of points in this game. You're right. USC can score two. too.
2: If they win the turnover battle, they win the game. Speaking of BYU, but if they do what they did against Boise,
0: best win for USC so far in their four and six season at Washington State. Only team they've uh, maybe San Jose does have a winning record now. San Jose was five and five. Did they win and get to six and five? You're all things Mountain West. Yeah, I know. I lost that one. I don't. You're the Hall of Famer. What
2: the hell do I know? They're five and six. And apparently, you've been a Hall of Famer for like six years. No. Oh, look at him. I've been a Hall of Famer for two years. Did you ever imagine me saying that, Yach, ever? Ever in your whole freaking life? I can't, ever, I can't ever see
0: um, me provoking you to say that either.
2: Oh, I know, because you are... Uh, bleep,
0: I agree. Bleep you. I agree. Break Bleep time. you and the horse you, <laughs> you rode, rode in on, on. right now. Run out of air when you say that. That would be the only thing to make it better. No, I got plenty of air left on this subject. When we come back, everything you missed in this show, the Utah Jazz losing at home again. That's already three home losses. We will get to that next. Stay with us.